In many ways, novels are easier because uh, with short stories, you write one and then you have to come up with a whole new idea for another one. So putting a short story collection together takes a really long time, whereas kind of with a novel, it's just one story. Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. Do you write short stories much? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast. And short stories are a fantastic way of exploring different genres and different types of writing. Back in 2008, when I was a washed out journalist, I enrolled in a series of creative writing classes in the Irish Writers Centre in Dublin. And at the time, or at least up until I enrolled in these classes, I was reading a lot of thrillers and science fiction books. And while I still read these types of books today, I wasn't really reading other books from different genres or even different types of writing. Our creative writing instructor, who was a guy from Texas, gave us works to read by the likes of Charles Bukowski and Raymond Carver and Kurt Vonnegut. And I was fascinated by these books and stories, particularly the short stories by Charles Bukowski and Carver. I couldn't believe that somebody could write a story you know, about a couple of people sitting around in a room having a drink or talking to their friend. And it seemed like nothing happened in a short story on first read. But then when you read it a few times, it was like peeling back the layers on an onion and you discovered that there was different subtexts to the story. And in particular, I'm talking about his most famous short story, What We Talk About When We Talk About Love. So after that, I decided to write short stories myself. And although it's not something I stuck with over the long term, it got me into writing beyond journalism. And I started sending my short stories off to competitions. And I also started writing short stories in different genres. And the advantage of all of this was, firstly, it got me to try different genres. Secondly, it got me into the habit of finishing my work. And thirdly, it got me into the habit of, you know, putting myself out there with my writing rather than just sitting alone in my room trying to, you know, write the great Irish novel. Because the great thing about a short story is you can finish one in a couple of days or in a couple of weeks, whereas you could spend a year or two working on a great novel and never actually get any feedback about your work. I still read short stories today, and I think it's a great form of writing that any writer can try without any great cost in terms of time or, you know, in terms of spending a lot of effort on something that doesn't pan out. And if you're considering writing a short story, then encourage you to look for a magazine that you could submit it to or to encourage you to find a competition that you could enter. Now, one man who's done this and is a prolific short story writer is Frank Burton. He's a writer, publisher and podcaster. In fact, he's got two podcasts on the go and he's also written several novels as well as a collection of short stories. I recently caught up with Frank and I asked him about his short story writing process and how he comes up with so many different ideas for short stories across genres. But before we get over to this week's interview, I do have an ask. If you enjoyed the Become a Writer Today podcast, please can you leave a short review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show? Because more reviews and more ratings will help more people find the Become a Writer Today podcast. Now let's go over to Frank. And I started by asking him to introduce himself and what type of short stories he likes to write. Oh, um, I got into writing short stories quite early on, I think, because I've been writing since I was a teenager and kind of playing around with short stories was one of the first things that I did. And it's certainly the first kind of works that I got published were um, short stories. I did kind of uh, creative writing as part of the degree at university that I did many years ago and uh, kind of got into it through that, really. Yeah, I kind of uh, carried it on for quite a long time. I've been, uh, well, I still do it. 
And uh, yeah, I eventually got a book of short stories published in 2009 called History of Sarcasm. And that quite a few of them had been kind of published in magazines previously. So that was kind of uh, my, my first step into publications, if you like, sort of my first kind of published works were um, short stories. And how long does it take you to write a short story? And, and what are your short stories about? Well, it's, uh, I like to, um, when I've got a good idea, it comes out quite quickly. And they're the ones that I prefer. Yeah. Sometimes I'll work on a story for quite a long time, just kind of in my head before I put pen to paper. So if it's a bit of a complex subject, perhaps, or if it's kind of an idea that I can't quite get my own head around, I will think about it for a long time before I sit down and write. Because I think what my my process really is that I just like to kind of have it all prepared in my head and then just kind of bash the whole thing out. By doing that, I'm kind of almost making it look easy. By I'll sit down and write yeah. a short story. It'll take me 45 minutes. But actually, it's taken me much longer than that. Oh, that's pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's the whole process before that of just kind of deciding what the story is going to be about, what's going to happen, what is going on with the story. And in terms of the subject matter, lots of different things. It's kind of changed quite a bit over the years. I yeah. was very much into Kurt Vonnegut when I was uh, kind of in my 20s and stuff. And I uh, I wrote quite a few short stories, which kind of looking back were rather Vonnegut-esque, shall we say, a, l- a little bit of... Um, yeah, I've done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, they're, they're, they're still pretty good. It's just I wouldn't necessarily be doing that now. I think I've kind of found my voice as a writer, as they say. And um, rather than trying to emulate Vonnegut, I'm kind of trying to build upon my own kind of themes and my own kind of ideas yeah. and stuff like that. I actually, the biggest challenge that I did was I wrote a book called 100, which is technically it's a novel, but it's actually a series of 100 stories, but they're all kind of linked in together. So it's very much a, a kind of a short story collection that became, that sort of became a novel. And that the challenge that I yeah. set myself was, right, I'm going to write 100 stories. And I'm going to put them in a book. And I'm going to call it 100. <laughs> so that's what I did. And uh, th- they're all very sort of um, surreal, kind of bizarre things happening, but within kind of uh, a recognizable kind of context. They're all set within this. So they're linked. Yeah, they're, they're kind of linked all together, kind of linked through this um, tower block. They're all sort of set, sort of in and around it. So it's kind of a recognizable yeah. setting, but kind of crazy and wild things happen. Okay. It's a good idea. So I'm looking at one of your stories here. It's a man gives birth to a human hand in the night. Oh, and, uh, like the prose is quite sparse. So it feels like something that, you know, you've mentioned Vonnegut. Are there any other influences? Uh, I don't know. Char- Raymond Carver kind of came to mind when I was looking at the, or for sorry, Franz Kafka, actually, because your, your introduction, your first line. Or have you had any other influences on your work so far? I think around the time that I was writing that, I was very much into European stuff, uh, Kafka being one particular writer, but also there was um, there's a series yeah. of antho- short story anthologies that I highly recommend. It's called The series is called Best European Fiction, and it's all uh, kind of, I don't know whether it's still going, actually. It was definitely going for about 10 years. Yeah, there's some really amazing stories in those collections, and the, uh, each of the anthologies has a story from each country in Europe is represented in the anthology. So there's one one story per country. And yeah, I was really into those at the time that I was writing that particular thing. Okay, I'll, che- I'll, I'll check that out. And when you write a short story, do you have any particular rules in terms of word count or what it needs to do? 
Um, not necessarily. It depends on what I'm trying to achieve with it, really. What I'm doing at the moment, as a matter of fact, is I do this podcast called Ragbag, which um, I've also got like a, a fictional element in that I'm releasing a series of novels that are based on stories that I've created as part of the Ragbag podcast. There's quite a few short stories that I've written specifically for the podcast that aren't actually published anywhere. They're just uh, kind of published as audio stories. So it's kind of a different process because they're not necessarily intended to be read. They're just intended to be listened to. So I think with that, it's, it's not exactly a rule, but kind of making it understandable to a, a person who is kind of listening to it and that they may be doing something else at the time. <laughs> you know, the, the sort of things that people do when they're listening to podcasts, they might be listening on their commute, they might be walking down the street with headphones in, something like that. So it's generally the sort of thing people will be listening while they're doing something else. So it's kind of like um, bearing that in mind with the, uh, it's, it's a different experience to sitting down in a quiet corner reading a book. So not exactly a rule, but it's kind of uh, making, making those stories understandable to uh, the listener. And I've also got um, specific rules for the kind of ragbag world in that everything that happens kind of uh, it's a change of approach to what I was doing previously with the 100 book where kind of anything could happen. Within the stories that I'm writing now, they have to be plausible. They have to be something that could realistically happen in real life. So that's the only real rule that I've got at the moment. Ragbag is your, is your series for which you've published a new novel as well. Yeah, yeah. So the new one's just come out. Uh, the new one's called Getting Away With It. And uh, yeah, it's kind yeah. of, um, it obeys that rule just about in terms of plausibility. There's some quite crazy things that happen. But... <laughs> Would you be able to give listeners like, kind of a flavor for what it's about? Okay, so the premise behind the whole thing is that Frank Burton is the central character in the books. So the story goes, I myself am writing about real things that have happened to me in my life. Now, this is not strictly true. It's all a fictional world. But um, within that world, uh, the character of Frank Burton exists. So uh, in the new book, uh, Frank uh, gets involved in this large kind of extortion plot where um, he befriends this kind of criminal mastermind who is taking historical buildings and holding them to ransom. So uh, And he's kind of becomes like an unwitting accomplice in all of this. But at at some point, as the story goes on, you kind of realize that, oh, maybe this isn't really happening. Maybe this is Frank's friend is just telling him that these things are happening. And he's kind of sucked into this story that is being told. So it's kind of like a bit of a a mystery in itself. That's kind of the, uh, the general idea behind the book, if that makes any sense. So you're kind of breaking down the fourth wall, or it's a little bit like the twist in Fight Club. I'm not Breaking down the fourth wall as such, I'm doing the whole thing as though this is something that really happened. It's like a fake autobiography. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And what did you find was the difference in the writing process between short stories and something longer, like a novel? In many ways, novels are easier because with short stories, you write one and then you have to come up with a whole new idea for another one. So putting a short story collection together takes a really long time, whereas kind of with a novel, it's just one story. So you can just go, uh, right, here's chapter one. Right, I know what's going to happen in chapter two because it's a continuation of what happened in chapter one. And then bash that one out as well. And so in in many respects, just from my personal experience, writing novels is kind of easier in its own way. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. What does your editing process look like for short stories? 
Oh, well, I, I try and, like I was saying, I've tried to do a lot of it in my head before I sit down and write. So what I try and do is have like almost um, the finished piece come out at the end. So when I write it all down, I can tinker around with it, play around with the uh, some of the sentence structures and stuff like that. But hopefully I should have the whole thing done like kind of before I've written it. And I know that's not everybody's process and that may sound like a crazy thing to yeah. do to a lot of people. <laughs> but it's for me, it's a lot easier because when I first started doing it, when I first started writing, I'd, I'd do about just loads and loads of different drafts of, I'd do like a first draft where I was just basically kind of making it up as I went along. And then I'd kind of uh, have to pick it apart and go, well, I like this bit, but I don't like this part. Uh, maybe I'd have to rewrite the whole thing or maybe do like three or four other drafts of it before I got it right. Now I think I've reached a point where I can just do kind of that stuff internally, like prior to um, writing it all down. Yeah. But I think that that's something that comes with practice because I've been doing it for a long time. And I think you get to yeah. just develop the instinct for what works and what doesn't work. And it just becomes a lot easier as the more that you do, the more that you write, the better you get. That's the principle anyway. That's the idea. Yeah, it's kind of like your, your subconscious can still work on the story even when you're not sitting at your desk. Yeah, and it's kind of like, are you familiar with the um, the 10,000 hours principle? Malcolm Gladwell's rule for yes. mastery, yeah. Come yes. across. <laughs> yeah. I like I like that idea. I think it's been debunked, but it's a good rule, though. <laughs> oh, has it been? Debunked? Oh, I, I didn't know that it had. Oh, well, whether it's yeah. true or not, I think the general principle that if you spend, it doesn't have to be 10,000 hours, but it could be, if you spend a long, if you spend a long time working on something, working on the craft, and with writing, it's all about working on the craft, I think, working on the, uh, like I say, developing that instinct about what works, what doesn't work. And the more you do it, the better you get. Your instincts get better. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Practice does help with improvement. You mentioned you sent a lot of your earlier short stories into competitions. That's something I did as well. What made you decide to enter competitions and what impact did that have on your writing? Oh, um, I, I didn't do many competitions, actually. It was more kind of uh, magazine stuff. So um, get, getting published okay. in um, magazines and on websites and uh, journals, what have you. Yeah, I, I entered a few competitions. I never won a single one, <laughs> so I gave, I gave that up. But I, I, got, <laughs> I got quite a few kind of short stories published in magazines, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Did you get paid for getting published in magazines, or was it more for oh, uh, recognition? Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a, yeah. not a huge amounts, but it's always nice to receive. The first payment I ever received for writing was uh, I got a check for fifty Australian dollars. It's from an yeah. Australian publication called Etchings. I don't know if it's still going, actually, but it's really good. They published, um, uh, yeah, that was for the first short story that they published of mine. And then they, they published another couple of them after that as well. So, yeah, that was a nice achievement the first time I got paid for writing something. Yeah, it is nice to get paid to write, all right. Do you? I mean, you have a lot of experience writing short stories. Do you think it's something that anyone can do? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, you have to really want to do it, I think. That being said, I mean, everyone tells stories in day-to-day -day life. And it's just, I was just thinking about this the other day, because one of the things that I miss the most about from being in this lockdown is just going out for a drink with my friends. And, you know, one of the things that I miss yeah. about that is that everyone's sitting around telling stories to each other. 
here's a thing that happened to me last week, or here's this thing, I heard this thing about somebody else, you know. And a lot of, you know, interaction, a lot of those interactions that you have with other people, it's storytelling. It's telling each other stories. Yeah. So really, we're all storytellers. But actually, the, the craft of kind of writing a story is very different to, you know, talking to your mates in the pub. But I think there is some kind of uh, overlap there. And that's something that I'm trying to do with my current work is that I'm trying to, particularly with the spoken stories that I do for the podcast, I want to make it feel like it's just somebody sitting next to you at a table talking to you. Here's the thing that happened yeah. to me. Isn't that funny? You know, I could see how that could work for a podcast. All right. And how do you start a short story? Um, start with an idea. Usually I think just, uh, it could be a simple idea or it could be a, a more complicated thing. I do prefer the simple ones though. You know, um, short stories are great just for, you can have a short story about anything and it could just be about two people sitting down having a conversation. I mean, if you look at Raymond Carver's stuff, it's just kind of nothing happened, yeah. you know, but it's, uh, there's something really sort of um, sort of compelling about them, even though nothing happens uh, particularly much in those stories. It's just kind of about these little sort of slices of life. But, yeah. you know, I quite enjoy the kind of crazy, bizarre stuff as well. Depends on yeah. what mood I'm in. Yeah. yeah, Ray McCarver, I can take a few reads to figure out what exactly he's He's trying to say, because yeah. it almost just feels like they're sitting in a room and nothing happens. Has the lockdown changed your writing process? It's changed the way that I organize my time because I've got two kids and um, I've got them at home right now because the schools are closed. So I can only really do, so I've, I've taken to writing kind of late at night, whereas um, I was a lot yeah. more freer to kind of, um, you know, take my notebook out and write some stuff down but at, at the moment I'm basically kind of uh, got the kids full time which is great in its yeah. own way it's just that I have to reorganize some things <laughs> about the writing schedules and stuff like that yeah I, I treat kids as well so I, I understand where you're coming from you mentioned you take out your notebook do you mean a paper notebook or a laptop I always used to I always used to have a paper notebook I, I did it for years and years nowadays I actually just take out my phone if I'm making notes it's just for convenience because I can carry it in my pocket, you know. So I'll, I'll just use like the notes like um, feature on the phone. And uh, quite often that's stuff that will get copied and pasted into a document at a later time. I actually know quite a few people who use like um, Google Docs. I've, I've used them occasionally just kind of um, – because it's, it's great. You can just sort of update the document on your phone while you're wandering around the supermarket or something and uh, just just add a little bit to the thing that you're working on and it just saves it. You know, it's kind of uh, convenient. Yeah, Scrivener as well works on tablets and iOS devices, so it's quite good for that. You've also spoken about mental health and writing and about your experiences with temporal lobe epilepsy. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you manage mental health during the lockdown and balance it with writing? Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a tough one. That um, I'm lucky in that I'm not experiencing symptoms of epilepsy anymore. I've kind of got over that. Fingers crossed. But I mean, the whole lockdown process is stressful, you know. And uh, I've definitely had it is yeah moments where I've been you know incredibly stressed in terms of just trying to deal with the thoughts that creep in when you can't leave the house and I'm stuck here with yeah. uh, kind of stuck here with my wife and my kids and no one could go anywhere 
it's just yeah. uh, you know I, I kind of I, I had a phase of kind of going out for a walk and just to try and clear my head that way but as a matter of fact I think writing is the best thing for kind of relieving it's a free form of therapy right <laughs> totally totally yeah 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 I don't really write kind of like diary type stuff very often I do it occasionally just just kind mm-hmm. of um write something that is not intended for publication it's just kind of me getting down my thoughts on the page but I, th- I think I'm more likely to just kind of channel kind of any emotional stuff that's going on with me into fictional characters and it kind of comes out that way it really is um a great way of getting rid of stress from my point of view yeah i find journaling is quite quite helpful for me but uh, i guess i don't i don't write much fiction these days so but i definitely agree writing is helpful at the moment especially when we're spending so much time you know at home when we can't leave because of the lockdown so do you plans to work on another novel because i know you just published the second book in the ragbone series yeah i'm doing a whole series of them so i'm working on the third one at the moment yeah i've kind of got into uh i've kind of got into the swing of it to the extent that it actually the first book and the second book and the one that i'm working at the moment i'm writing quite quickly as well they took me three months to write each so I literally wrote a novel in three months. I couldn't believe it. As the, uh, That's fast. <laughs> well, I mean, previously, like, I, I worked on a novel that took me two years, and uh, it was rubbish yeah. as well. It, was, it, was, it didn't go anywhere. And it, <laughs> it was, um, I, I wrote that book, um, 100, which I was really, really pleased with. I kind of um, ended yeah. up releasing it myself. I, kind of, uh, I had a literary agent who it was being read by some um you know top people in the industry and people were saying nice things about it it didn't get published by uh i didn't get a book deal for that in the end and i released it myself in the end but i was really pleased with that book and i wanted to do something similar to that so i kind of i spent two years writing this other book that was kind of i'll do something even more bizarre than that and so i had all of these kind of um, weird ideas for this kind of science fiction book that i wrote and it just didn't hang together. And I spent a lot of, I put a lot of work into it. And so what happened after that was that, because I kind of got it into my head that kind of being weird was my thing. Like I'm the guy who does the weird stuff, like the weird stories that that's kind of my thing. But then I thought, well, this obviously isn't working out very well for me. So I kind of changed direction. And um, that's part of where this rule came from with the ragbag stories, that everything has to be realistic and plausible in order for it to make it into the ragbag the ragbag universe as i call it as a kind of a joke and um yeah and that that seems to have worked very well for me in terms of actually productivity you know yeah so i've i've kind of developed this ability to write a novel in 3 months which is awesome yeah some constraints are always useful if you had to pick a genre because you sound like somebody who, who doesn't like to be confined what genre would you pick for a ragbag <laughs> oh i see right um at the moment, um, I'm trying to have a slightly different genre for each book. So like the first book was about, um, it's kind of this kind of mystery story, like um, like a pseudo yeah. detective story. There aren't any real detectives. It's kind of, it's about Frank's dad going missing and he's kind of trying to solve this. Uh, it's kind of like a missing person kind of mystery story, whereas the, the new one's more of a kind of a crime thriller. I guess kind of the, the ragbag books are a little bit more about just the characters and the way that the characters relate to each other and their relationships and things like that. So it's not it's not kind of your classic kind of crime thriller novel. I'm just labeling it as that for, for want of a better phrase, mm. I suppose. Yeah. And do you, do you spend much time promoting your books or 
are you kind of more focused on your podcast, which um, is a guess is a form of book promotion too? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to kind of uh, use the podcast as a promotional tool and stuff like that. I've, I've actually launched yeah. a, a second podcast as well, just to uh, keep myself on my toes. Two podcasts? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I do. Work How do you find the time? <laughs> Well, um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it, it it comes. It comes. I, I think if you're if you're organised enough, I, I think you can do these things. Um, I, yeah. Like I say, I kind of uh, I, I spend a lot of time. A lot of my creative process is kind of in my head, just while I'm walking around. So um, yeah, I, I think that's that's why I'm able to kind of produce things quite quickly when it comes down to the actual doing the thing. So yeah, I think that's how I've ended up with. I'm curious about how you approach the spoken word version of your stories. So you come up with the idea in your head and then do you write it out and then do you fire up your, your podcast recording software and yeah. read it out or do you, do you do it a different way? Yeah, no, it's, it's all in the script. So it's all written down kind of, and I will read it out word for word, but I will try and make it sound like I'm talking off the top of my head. So I kind of, I present okay. the podcast in character the, the kind of the, yeah. the podcast version of Frank is kind of a little more eccentric than the version that appears in the books. So I'm a little bit more experimental, yeah. a little bit more kind of crazy on the podcast. It's a hundred percent scripted, but I try and make it sound like Frank, the character is talking off the top of his head and he'll just kind of react yeah. to things in real time. So he'll do these, um, he'll do these shout outs to kind of listeners and stuff like that. And uh, the shout outs are all kind of part of the script as well. It's all kind of, fake but i'm trying to make it sound like it's real so i'd uh, shout out to you know brian or whatever and then frank <laughs> frank will just be looking in his inbox and he'll be reading things out and he'll be reacting to it in real time and he'll be arguing with the guy who's written yeah. the email and saying that no you're wrong about that and stuff you know so um yeah it's kind of a little trick that i'm playing i suppose <laughs> but it's fun yeah it's quite clever a lot of our non-fiction writers you know take articles they've written and turn them into books so you could nearly take your podcast episodes and turn them into an audiobook. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm probably going to do an anthology of the of the short stories that are in the podcast. That would be quite nice. I've done quite a few of them yeah. now. So there are ones that I don't think would translate onto the page as well. So I, I would probably select the ones that that would work in the written form because there's, there's certain ones that involve me kind of you know, doing sort of weird voices and stuff like that and or, or just kind of um reacting in character to certain things and it's all it's more about the tone of voice that i'm using to say these things in and it wouldn't necessarily translate it like, like if i'm if i'm being uh, sarcastic or something in like an extended sort of way it wouldn't necessarily come across on the page mm. but there are certain ones from the podcast that yeah. I, I think i will sort of release as some kind of anthology at some point yeah, it's, I think it would be a good idea. Where can people find out more information about you, Frank, or where can they read your short stories? Oh, um, frankburton.co.uk is, is the, the place to go. Okay, check it out. Well, thanks very much. It was very nice to talk to you today. Yeah, likewise. Thank you very much. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please consider leaving a short review on the iTunes store or sharing the show on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. 
More reviews, more ratings, and more shares will help more people find the Become a Writer Today podcast. And did you know for just a couple of dollars a month, you could become a Patreon for the show? Visit patreon.com forward slash become a writer today or look for the support button in the show notes. Your support will help me record, produce, and publish more episodes each month. And if you become a Patreon, I'll give you my writing books, discounts on writing software, and on my writing courses. Thank you.